everyone, and invite you to turn with me in your, your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. If you're using the uh, Pew Bible, that's page 839. Uh, Mark chapter 4, we began last Lord's Day looking together in this chapter at some of the, the teaching of Jesus uh, as the first three chapters focus uh, primarily on his, on his works, uh, works uh, wondrous works of healing. Uh, chapter 4 is more the teaching of Jesus and specifically about the kingdom of God and doing so by the use of parables, those things we're familiar with, but that are teaching us uh, the heavenly realities of what life is like in the kingdom of God and uh, what Jesus has come uh, to inaugurate and to establish uh, upon the earth. And so last time we uh, read the parable of the sower and Jesus' description of that, explanation of that uh, parable, uh, of the proclamation of the word and how it falls in different places, but it does fall in good soil and bears great fruit. And in the midst of that parable, verses 10 through 12, we have some teaching of Jesus about the purpose uh, of the parables, uh, and uh, also we'll read not only those uh, three verses, but we'll also read verses 21 to 25, uh, which is the parable following uh, the parable of the sower. And so here now the word of the Lord, we'll read verses 10 through 12, uh, and then reading verses 21 uh, through 25. This is the word uh, of the Lord. And when he, that's Jesus, was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And then verse 21 after Jesus explains the parable of the sower. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket, or under a bed, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has uh, will be taken away. Thus far, the reading of God's word. Let's pray uh, together. Lord, we pray for help as we consider again here in Mark chapter 4, Jesus' uh, teaching of the kingdom uh, as he teaches the disciples about the parables. Oh Lord, how we need ears to hear, hearts to believe, eyes to see all that you have for us. Uh, in your word. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of my uh, favorite uh, old television shows uh, available on YouTube uh, now, but originally ran from 1952 uh, to 1967. A contestant or a group of contestants would whisper something uh, into the host's ear, and whatever they whispered would be shown to the audience, the television audience. But then there were four celebrities uh, who were off to the side, and um, they, would have, they would not see what this person had whispered. And those four celebrities would have 30 seconds each 
to ask questions, to try to guess uh, what the contestant had whispered into the host's ear. Uh, it was a show called I've Got a Secret. Well, in 1956, uh, there was a 96-year-old contestant named Samuel Seymour who whispered something into the host's ear. And after many questions later, his secret turned out to be that as a five-year-old child, uh, he had attended Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. on the night of April 14, 1865, and had witnessed John Wilkes Booth jump down from the presidential box after assassinating President Lincoln. And when the audience heard that, uh, there in the television audience, they gasped. <gasps> Could it be? <laughs> yes, he was the last surviving witness of that event. He had, he had a secret to be told. The word translated secret in Mark 4, verse 11, where Jesus says to the disciples, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, uh, is the Greek word mysterion or mystery. To you has been given, says Jesus, to his disciples, the secret or the mystery uh, of the kingdom. Now remember, this is what Jesus preached. The kingdom of God is at hand. This is what the parable of the sower was all about. The sowing of the word of the kingdom is heard by different people in different ways. And it's only those who hear and accept that word of the kingdom who produce an abundant, multiplied, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold harvest. And that word of the kingdom is meant to be preached everywhere and anywhere. And when it is, it will receive a varied reception. Uh, but there will always be good soil prepared by the Lord of the harvest himself where the seed will take root. And one plants, another waters, but God provides the growth. And those dead in sin uh, are made alive by the implanted word of God in our hearts. That imperishable seed the Bible talks about through which we are born again. This is the word of the kingdom. But Jesus also speaks to his disciples about the secret or the mystery of the kingdom. Just two things this morning. First of all, it's a secret given by God to his people. Verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. According to the word of God, there are those inside and there are those outside. There are sheep and there are goats. Uh, there are the found and there are the lost. There are those, according to Jesus, who have been given the secret of the kingdom and those who have not been given the secret of the kingdom. There are those, in other words, who hear the word of the kingdom, as told in the parable of the sower, who have that word go down deep and bear fruit. And there are those who hear the word of the kingdom, and it's gone when the service is over, responded to superficially, but dropped the first sign of difficulty. Or has the life choked out of it by the cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, or our desires and cravings for other things. There are those inside, and there are those outside. Now, Jesus is explaining to those around him the nature of the parables. Parables, of course, simple stories comparing things we're all familiar with, like seed and weeds, sun and rocks, soil and birds, with the realities of the kingdom of God, the word of God, Satan, 
your heart, sinful nature, the world of sin, deceit, life, death, and spiritual fruit. These are the realities they point to. But not everybody gets it. For some, uh, these parables are nice stories or perhaps obvious truths of how the world works. Um, But there's no take-home understanding of Jesus, uh, his kingdom, sin, and salvation. There's no faith, there's no repentance, there's no lasting joy. It is the secret of the kingdom or the mystery of the kingdom. Writes one commentator, outside of Christendom, mystery in the realm of paganism referred to a secret teaching or a rite or a ceremony having something to do with religion, but hidden from the masses and known only by a group of initiates. That is, it was a message uh, that only a few were initiated to, and it wasn't for other people. Uh, In the Greek translation of Daniel 2, this word mystery appears eight times. It refers to a secret that must be revealed, a riddle that must be interpreted. In the book of Revelation, it occurs four times. It's perhaps best explained as the, uh, the symbolic meaning of something that has to be explained. It's meant to be explained. The word occurs 21 times in the writings of the Apostle Paul. And there it can best be defined as a person or a truth uh, that would have remained unknown had not God revealed him or it. Uh, or made it a revealed or open secret. So the world of paganism, the word mystery meant something that was only meant for a few and not meant for the masses. In the Bible, the word mystery is meant as something that we wouldn't know anything about unless God had revealed it to us. And so we find this in the scriptures in several places. So, for instance, the Apostle Paul, when he's speaking about the the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll say this in 1 Corinthians 15 uh, and verse 50. These words, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, says Paul, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. This is a mystery, says Paul, but I'm going to declare it to you right now. I'm going to reveal it to you uh, right now. We shall not all, but we shall all be changed. There is a a resurrection coming. You would know that unless uh, it was revealed to us by the Lord. Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul writes this. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The mystery is this, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, Partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is a mystery. Uh, that is, unless God had revealed it, you wouldn't know that it's not just about the Jews, but that the Gentiles too are meant to be part of the one body of Christ. This is a mystery declared uh, to you. And then one more in Colossians 1, 26, where the Apostle Paul says this, The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. So here it comes. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Now, that's a mystery. But it's a mystery revealed to God's people. 
You know what it means to be a Christian? Not to follow Ten Commandments and be a moral American. It means Jesus Christ by His Holy Spirit in you. So that you're transformed. With it, now it's a mystery. But it's revealed to the people of God. The secret of the kingdom here is the revelation that Jesus is the king. Now that's what he's been demonstrating in his life and ministry thus far. He comes with authority and power. Uh, and that in his life and ministry, the reign and rule of God is being revealed or made manifest. This is what John the Baptist said way back in the beginning of Mark. Someone's coming after me who is mightier than I. This is what was the, the baptism of Jesus was all about. The testimony from the Father said, you are my uh, beloved son. This is what Jesus' temptation in the wilderness was all about. Unlike the first Adam, uh, Jesus uh, withstands all the temptations of Satan because he is uh, the son of God. He calls his disciples. Immediately they follow him. He speaks with authority. He casts out demons. He, he heals the sick. And even the demons recognize, you are, they say to Jesus, the son of God. He's come to bind the strong man and plunder his goods by the power of the Holy Spirit set people free. And the word of this kingdom, as we just read about in the parable of the sower, is meant to go out across the land, across the world, knowing that by God's grace and power that seed's going to fall into good soil and produce a great harvest. Here's the thing. The fundamental secret, which is common to all of the parables, concerns the one who spoke them. Says one, it's the secret that in Jesus, in Jesus, the kingdom of God has begun to penetrate the experience of men. Jesus was not thinking, says this one, of the kingdom of God in an abstract sense, whether it's a future or present reality, but of the kingdom as it's embodied in his own person. Mystery. Secret. Revealed. In Jesus. Now here's the thing. The Warner family knows this secret. They know this. They know this mystery. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, you know this secret. That in the coming of Jesus, you've seen him in the first four chapters of Mark. You've seen his words and his teaching, his authority, his power, his compassion, his mercy. Uh, you've seen uh, that in Jesus, uh, the reality of the reign and rule of God has come. All those who put their faith and hope and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ have had the Holy Spirit, if we may speak in this way, whisper into our ears, Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Savior. The King has come. His kingdom's at hand. Go to Him. Believe in Him. Love Him. Serve Him. Repent of your sin and turn to the only one who can save and know the blessing of life and peace and forgiveness and hope and joy and purpose in his kingdom. Holy Spirit, to the heart of believer. Why do the Warner family and all true believers know this? Well, Jesus tells us, and he said to them, to you has been given the secret. To you has been given graciously. The secret of the kingdom. Jesus says it has been given as a, a gracious 
gift. That means, friends, the possession of a hearing ear that truly hears is a divine gift. And the difference between those inside and those outside is not about personal merit or achievement, but divine favor. This is given to you, the secret that is the mystery, that, that, it, that it all comes down to Jesus and his reign and rule, that he is the king. And that's a gift. When we wanted to immigrate to New Zealand many years ago, uh, we had to have enough uh, merit points uh, before we could get into the country. That's how they do it in New Zealand. I think that's how they do it in Canada, too. I'm not sure we do it here in America, in the United States. But at the time, and it was kind of, you know, kind of taken aback. I said, well, we got we to kind of earn our way in? Well, you get certain merits for having a certain amount of money. You know, if you got a job, you know, these are all things that the country wants you to have before they let you into their kingdom. So, you know, there was, uh, it was all about merit to get in to the kingdom. Now, I know the Warner family takes education seriously. They want their children to learn well. In education, we're often driven by personal effort and striving and merit. If you want to enter the kingdom of Harvard or the kingdom of Yale or MIT or UC Berkeley or Stanford, you've got to measure up. And if you don't, uh, too bad. Not so in the kingdom of God. Jesus welcomes the broken and contrite in heart, the weak and sinners, not the powerful and those who are righteous in their own eyes. And you've learned this Secret, this mystery. That's a mystery. That God uh, uh, comes and Jesus comes for sinners. Not the righteous or those who think they're righteous. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, uh, everything is in parables. Not everyone is given the secret of the kingdom. Verse 12, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Instead of hearing with faith, some refuse the word of the kingdom. They are those Jesus calls outside. Not outside a church building necessarily. You can be inside the church and still outside the kingdom. You can be inside a Christian family and still outside the kingdom. Matthew will put it this way. Seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. That is, they are blind and deaf to it all. Everything is a parable. Outside of faith in Jesus. In fact, Jesus quotes from Isaiah 6, 9 to 10 in verse 12. He's quoting from Isaiah, showing that for those who only have the parables and never penetrate through to their meaning, the judgment of Isaiah 6 is being fulfilled. Now, remember the context here uh, in Mark chapter 3. Who are the folks who've been coming to Jesus? Well, Mark 3, 6 says, The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him uh, how to uh, destroy him. In verse 22 of chapter 3, And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He's possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons, he casts out demons. And so the context here is those who are coming to Jesus, uh, accusing him of being in league with the evil one, and seeking his actual destruction. And so here Jesus responds that there are those outside 
who see but never see, who hear but never hear. Who's he talking about? Well, he's talking about exactly those who have come and who have rejected that word of the kingdom, who have rejected Jesus. And, and Jesus says, the, the, the judgment of Isaiah is upon you, that, that you've hardened your heart against me, and, you, and you, 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 you will never see. To you, everything is a parable. It will never make sense. They were rejecting the truth, and the same truth that opens the eyes of God's people blinds the eyes of those who reject him. The secret of the kingdom, says Jesus, is, is given graciously to his people. I've got a secret. The kingdom comes in Jesus. But secondly, the secret of the kingdom, that is everything fulfilled in Jesus, that the warners know, believers know. Uh, the secret of the kingdom must be, according to the scripture, uh, an open secret. Yes, that's what Jesus teaches in this other parable. Verse 21. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing, notice what Jesus says, For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. Nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this is a common way of speaking about a lamp or a candle. We talk about a lamp being brought into a room. But it's important to, uh, to be reminded of what the, uh, what the original language actually says, underlying this translation. It actually says, and he said to them, the lamp does not come to be under a basket. Now, the ESV and many other translations translate it. Uh, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket? But that's not actually what it's, what's underneath. What's underneath says, uh, the lamp does not come to be under a basket. Now, why is that important? Well, first of all, the lamp with a definite article means that the Bible's here talking about a very specific lamp. The lamp. The light. And secondly, this lamp is not brought, uh, but the Bible actually says, uh, this lamp does not Come, And so it's not about a, it's not, it's not the picture you should have of you bringing in a light into a room. It's about a lamp uh, coming in of its own. <laughs> and why is that important? Because the lamp here is personified. It takes on the characteristics of a, of a person. The lamp doesn't come in order to be hidden. John the baptizer is called a burning and shining lamp. In John 5, 35. John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in this, but will have the light of life. Hopefully you see where this is going. We've just heard about the word of the kingdom coming as seed into the good soil. And that word is all about Jesus. And now we hear about a lamp coming not to be under a basket or under a bed, but put on a stand. Your word, said the psalmist, is a lamp to my feet. A light to my path, the Apostle Peter will write, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Friends, the secret of the kingdom is the revelation of the person of Jesus the King himself. And this secret of the kingdom uh, is meant to become known. 
The word that comes, the king who comes, is the lamp who comes in order to give light to all. And the point here is this. The secret of the kingdom given to you as a believer is not meant to remain secret. It is meant to be an open secret. That is, it is meant to be proclaimed. It is meant to be lived out. Jesus is king. It's meant to be proclaimed and lived out for all to see. Jesus uses this image of a lamp many times in the scripture. Most famously, you know, is Matthew 5.14 in the Sermon on the Mount. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in In heaven, if a lamp is put under a basket, you defeat its purpose. And uh, everyone remembers the song, of course, uh, you know, hide it under a bushel. No, no, that's right. That's what you were looking for there. Hide it under a bushel. Hide it under a basket. No. If Christians go underground, that is, hide out in monasteries... Flee to the mountains of North Carolina to build a Christian compound, perhaps. Hide out in their rooms or basements playing video games all day. Or never have any contact with their non-Christian neighbors with a fear of being polluted by the dark. You will put the lamp of Christ, that secret of the kingdom, the king has come, uh, you will put it uh, under a basket. And you'll take all that you know about Jesus and keep it for yourself, thinking you're keeping it Safe. And what happens if you take your candle or lamp and put it under a bed? Well, the same thing. You might actually, well, in that case, you might actually set your bed or couch on fire. <laughs> if you do that. But the Bible saying, no, the same thing. If you use that light or lamp uh, for a purpose it wasn't intended for, that, that's foolish. Its purpose is not to be hidden, but to be put in a place uh, where it is of use. Uh, put it on a stand where it can be seen by others. That's why when you have children, when your children draw a picture for you, they paint a picture for mom or dad, uh, they give it to you, and then you take that picture right away and you just you put it in your filing cabinet. No, you don't do that. Well, eventually you might. But, no, if they give you a painting or something like that, where does that child want that to go? You want it on the fridge. Right? They've given this to you, in order to be seen. The secret of the kingdom. Now Jesus helps us here. Notice what he says in verse 22. And remember, he's just talked about that you've been given the secret of the kingdom. It's come in Christ. And Jesus says in verse 22, for nothing is hidden except to be, that is for the purpose of being made manifest. Nor He says, is anything secret except to come to light? Do you hear this, says Jesus? The very purpose of your being given the secret of the kingdom, the very purpose of the seed being sown in the good soil of your heart, the very purpose of the lamp coming to fill your life within is so that, in order that, it would be made manifest so that it would come to light. There would be no joy for Samuel Seymour at 96 years old if he did not tell somebody. <laughs> Imagine you're, you're him, 96 years old. 
you uh, meet somebody on the bus or something like that and you say, let me tell you a secret. <laughs> Remember Honest Abe? President Lincoln? I was there. I was there. I saw Booth fall, break his ankle after he shot the president. And then the joy of Samuel Seymour when he would see the amazement on the face of the person he told. That person said, what? <laughs> That's amazing! You were there? How could that be? Tell me more. That's what our life in Christ is to be like. A secret we can't keep. A mystery we can't keep to ourselves. Now, usually, of course, our secrets involve sin. Things we don't want others to know, right? Uh, well, what about secrets that you do want others to know? Wrote one psychologist, some secrets involve anticipatory excitement and the expectation of being revealed. Such as in the case of a surprise party. You, it's hard you want to tell something whether an unborn child is a boy or a girl. Oh, I want to... Or a marriage proposal. You know, I, I just, you just proposed to me. Although, says this writer, some people can effectively keep their own and other secrets to themselves. There are times, here's the thing, there are times when holders of a secret may feel compelled to expose the content of what they're carrying. Secrets create a tension that seeks relief through participation. This is a psychologist. Young children as well as adults will often reveal a secret to another person as though disclosure and shared concealment solidify a bond between them while mitigating the effects of secrecy. Friends, it's positively unhealthy for a Christian to sit on this secret. That in Jesus, something of the reign and rule of God in his compassion and mercy and authority and power and healing and transforming has come. And when a secret is made known, we usually call it a revelation. He's come. Let me tell you what I know, we say to our neighbor or our unchristian friend. Let me tell you what I know. Let me tell you what I've heard. Let me tell you about Jesus, the King. This is what Psalm 78 is all about. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old things that we've heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. The secret of the kingdom is to be an open secret in the life of the Warner family, in the lives of the members of Faith Church. The truth within you about Jesus and his kingdom is meant to be made manifest, revealed to all. It must, says Jesus, come to light. In fact, that's the very purpose it's been given to you, so that it would be uh, made manifest. To others, first in our own life, that Jesus is King. And then also through our words, as we share with others, let me tell you uh, what Jesus 
has done for me. Friends, this is what we have been given graciously as a gift from the Lord himself, that we would see who Jesus really is in all his glory, in all his power, in all his authority, in all his mercy, in all his compassion, in all his suffering, in the place of sinners, that folks like us might be able to put our faith and trust in him and have all our sin forgiven. It's a secret. It's a mystery. How could it be? And it's a secret, a mystery that we must make known. May it be so in our lives and in the life of our church. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glorious truths of your word. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for Jesus' teaching and parables as the Bible tells us and as Jesus tells us that this mystery of the kingdom, the secret of the kingdom, has graciously been given to his people. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace to us, opening our eyes that we might see, opening our ears that we might hear, opening our hearts that we might believe all that is revealed to us in the word of God about this Jesus, this Savior, our Lord, our King, who has come and is coming again. Help us, Lord, then to go out from this place, Lord, openly telling others this secret that we know. That others, too, might come to put their faith and trust in the only one who can save. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.